0: Welcome to the podcast ministry of Pilgrim Baptist Church. Wherever you're listening from, welcome. We pray that the truth from the Word of God speaks to your heart during today's message. Romans 8 is what we're looking at, two verses. Let's read those verses. Uh, Bible says, Who shall lay anything... To the charge of God's elect. We did a word study on elect in the Bible on last Sunday afternoon, so we're not doing a deep dive on that word this morning. But it is says, uh, It is God that justifieth. Who is he that condemneth? It is Christ that died, yea, rather, that is risen again, who is even at the right hand of God, who also maketh intercession for. Us. Romans chapter 8 is such a beautiful mountaintop of glory. We saw in verses 26 and 27 how the Spirit intercedes in us. In verses 28 through 32 when we preached through that we saw how the Father, God the Father intercedes for us. And now in, chat, in verses 33 and 34 we see how the Son intercedes above us. And Romans 8 gives us this interceding with a picture of the truth of the Trinity. The Spirit interceding, the Father interceding, and the Son interceding. The Father for us, the Spirit in us, and then Christ above us. The prayer work of Christ, interceding for you and for I as his saints, is never ceasing. It doesn't stop. It's continual. Praise the Lord for that. Bible says in 1 John 2, and if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father. Who is that? Jesus Christ, who? The righteous. You don't have to worry about you being righteous because you've been given God's imputed righteousness, and He and Christ, the righteous, is your advocate. You know what that means? That not even Satan, the accuser of the brethren, can bring a charge against you or you me. It can't happen. It can't happen. Why? You're elect. You're God's chosen. You're in him. You're part of his elect church. And it said. God justify. And that's a legal term. That means Paul. As the defense attorney. He's stepping in. And he's using this legal term. Justification. Look. You are. Justified. Let's bring it back. That before you were saved, the reality of it is, even if you've committed a small sin, you are you not you not you are not that now. You're a redeemed child of God if you trust in Christ. So let me rephrase that. You were an awful, awful sinner, and we forget about this. We think, well, yeah, I kind of was a sinner. I mean, I. Told some lies. I looked with lust. I said maybe a, a few bad words, but I'm not really a murderer. I mean, I never killed anybody. And so we tend to weigh ourselves out sometimes if we're not careful to think that somehow our salvation was kind of owed to us because we weren't really a bad, bad sinner. I'm telling you, one falling short God's glory makes you absolutely worthy of hellfire. It doesn't matter if all you did was steal a stick of gum from Walmart. You were absolutely unrighteously, ungodly, awfully dirty, black, and filthy. And you deserved hell. That is what God would be just in giving you. But he justifies. And he says, now, you as a criminal, you are now not a criminal. You are justified. And nobody has any say in that. Because if they want to say something and bring a charge against you and somehow bring some type of condemnation against you, guess what? They're in contempt of God's court, and it gets thrown out. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. case has been decided in your favor and god's decision not your decision we need to be careful well why don't you make a decision for christ i understand what that means but i don't want it to mean that somehow your decision saved you no you decided to trust christ and then christ by his grace saved you his decision (laughs) saved you amen so I, i understand the phrases i'm not trying to say we shouldn't say those phrases, but sometimes we just need to step back and qualify them. And I believe that your justification and you've got to believe this, that if Satan, your flesh, the world, your enemies, they can't impeach the judge. God's decision is final and irrevocable. And if anybody does try to bring any charges against you as God's elect. You know what your answer is? I've got an advocate. You know what your answer is? God's my almighty. You know what your answer is? God's my author and finisher of my faith. He's my bright and morning star. He's my buckler. He's my bread of life. That's what you tell me. They want to bring charges against you. Say, oh no, no, no. That's my carpenter. That's my chief cornerstone. That's my Christ. He's delivered me. That's why he's my deliverer. He's got me safe. That's why he's my fortress. He's my God. Amen. He's my good shepherd. He's my head. I feel safe because he's my. High priest. He's my high tower. He's the horn of my salvation. He's the horn of your salvation. You cannot have a charge brought against you. That person would be in contempt of the holy heavenly court and you can't impeach the judge. How's that? That's my Jehovah Jireh. That's what Abraham said. The Lord will provide. God told Abraham he would provide himself a lamb. Praise the Lord. He's my Jehovah Shalom. That's what Gideon said. He said, the Lord is my peace. I'm justified by faith and I have peace with God. And so do you. Guess through who? The Lord Jesus Christ. He's my Jehovah Shalom. Amen. He's my Jehovah Nisi. That's what Moses said. The Lord is my banner. That banner of victory that Moses can lay claim to. Bible says thanks be to God. Which giveth us the victory. Through who? Jesus Christ our Lord. You're a victor. Stop living in retreat. Stop living in depression. Stop living as if you're somehow a loser. Stop living as if somehow. That you're not worthy. You don't have any worth. Christ gave you his worth. Get a hold of that and live like it. You can wave the banner of victory. In Jesus Christ, every single one of us sitting in this room this morning is a scrambled. And God said, "I'm going to make intercession." Psalms 83 says, "Whose name alone is Jehovah." We're the true Jehovah witnesses, David. Amen. Not the false Jehovah witnesses. Art the Most High. Over all the earth I'll tell you Who he is he's my justifier Is he yours he's my Life he's my king he's My lamb is he your lamb of God he's My lord he's my master Oh he's My mediator Can I get a witness he's my Witness he's the faithful witness Amen He's my redeemer you know what else he is He's my rock Is he your rock You know what else he is? He's my righteousness. You know why? Because I wasn't right. And he made me. He imputed his righteousness to me. I'm telling you, he's my savior. You know what he is to you? Your savior. That means you can say to anyone who brings a charge against you, he's my strength. He's my trust. He's my truth. He's my way is my way. People say, my way or the highway. God says, he's God's my way. I'm on the heavenly highway. I've got a home I'm going to. Nobody can bring a charge against you, praise the Lord. You know, ladies, you imagine you have a neighbor just run over, in, you know, in the middle of your day, and all of a sudden, they just this neighbor just intrudes your house. Uh, but when this neighbor comes in, she just gets right in the mix of it and kind of helps. Oh, okay. We're, we're doing laundry and then we got this cooking and we're cleaning out this room and we're getting all this organized. And all of a sudden, the intrusion of that neighbor coming by wasn't really an intrusion at all. That neighbor became a, a great blessing and a great, great help to you in the midst of all the chaos of what's going on and trying to get that home and that house in order. You know, man, you think about it. You're logging trees. you got trees falling all over the place. You're trying to, you know, uh, cut back wood and trying to split wood. And all of a sudden, the neighbor comes over. Just out of nowhere. You're just in the midst of it. You don't feel like talking with anybody. But come to realize, same type of situation. You realize, oh, that neighbor came and now we're enjoying fellowship. He's actually taking a part in this and helping get all of this work done and helping clean out that land and, What we first thought might have been an intrusion actually turned out to be a great blessing. You know, we've got. We have got Christ ever present in our life. Making intercession for us. Why don't we just go with it? (laughs) Why send the neighbor back home? Why yield to the flesh? Why not invite them over the next day? For hey, you want to come over for lunch? Yeah, <laughs> I can't imagine why. Look, Christ is making intercession. Don't yield to the flesh. Get a hold of that. He's at the right hand of God. Ephesians 1. We're look- okay, Romans 8, we're looking at Christ who intercedes above us. And throughout the Bible, one of the things it says in Ephesians 1, when he raised him from the dead and set him in his own right hand in the heavenly places that's christ interceding above us in hebrews 1 it says when he had himself purged our sins sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high that's christ our advocate he is interceding above us in the heavenly places and on high hebrews 8 also makes a reference to we have such a high priest Who is set on the right hand of the throne of the majesty in the heavens. Where is he in the heavenly places? Where is he on high? Where is he in the heavens? What's he doing? He's interceding above us for us. Hebrews 10, you don't have to turn there. The Bible says, but this man, after he had offered one sacrifice for sins forever, he sat down on the right hand of God. From henceforth, expecting till his enemies be made his footstool. You know what a footstool is. It's under your feet. God above us, his enemy, footstool. As if they can't do nothing. They can't touch you. They can't touch Christ. Your advocate, all those terms we rent. Therefore, he can't touch you because you are in him. That's the elect in the passage. You are in him. You've been justified. And when you look at this, Romans 8, verses 33 and 34. And the whole chapter, by the way, it doesn't have anything to do with having your sins being forgiven. At this point, your sins are already forgiven. You're at the point now in your Christian life where that has been taken care of, it's irrevocable. and now you are walking on a pilgrim pathway. A pilgrim has a destination. He's not a lost wanderer. Christians are pilgrims, and we are on our way home and it's in it's on high. It's in the heavenly places. We have a destination, but before we get there, there's going to be some triumphs. There's going to be some struggles. But I know I've got a God. I got Jesus Christ at the right hand of God the Father. And the enemies are his footstool. I don't have to worry. He intercedes above us ensuring. That we have sweet communion with him. That's what he desires. I want to turn back to Exodus chapter 17 and take a look at a picture of Christ. Exodus chapter 17. You all know this story. It's an Old Testament picture. And I want to look at the. intercessory office. Picture of the Lord here. In a moment. Exodus 17. Verse number 8. The Bible says. Then came. Amalek. And fought. With Israel and Rephidim. Moses got a little bit of a problem here. And you're going to have a little bit of a problem, so so as I. You know what the problem here is? Amalek is not going to be beaten without a fight. And you know what we need to get a hold of? The enemy isn't going to be defeated without a fight. It's a warfare. We see all of that principled out through the New Testament and even the old, very physically and spiritually in nature. It, it's going to be a fight. Now, you want to get your flesh under control, that's going to be a fight. You better yield to the spirit. People coming against you, you're going to need some Christian friends and fellowship to help you get through that. It, it's going to be a fight. And we see that picture very clearly in the eighth verse. Your sin and your struggle with sin is going to be real. I don't care how long you've been saved. Your flesh didn't get saved, and it's not going to get saved until you get a glorified body. And unless we get raptured now, that's not going to happen. So the the battle that I have and you have with sin in our flesh, it's a real struggle. It's going to be there. You have spiritual enemies, and I have spiritual enemies that we have to contend with. And let me just tell you. This. Have you made the decision to follow Christ in your Christian life? I don't mean are you're saved. I know most of us, if not all of us, are saved. We know that we're justified and we know we have a home in heaven. But my question is. Have you made a decision to follow Christ here on earth? If you have, you can't afford, you can't avoid this next phrase I'm gonna say. The war is forced upon you. You don't have to look for the fight. You don't have to look for the enemies. If you are choosing to follow Christ in this world by default, that war, you have a you have enemies and a war and a battle, and it is forced against you. You can't stop it. It will be there. That's what's going on here in, in 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 Exodus, and it's a, a picture of we can take some application for us as New Testament Christians. Now look at verse number nine. And Moses said unto Joshua, choose us out men and go out, fight with Amalek. Tomorrow I will stand on the top of the hill with the rod of God in my hand. Joshua did as Moses had said to him and fought with Amalek and Moses Aaron and her went up to the top of the hill Joshua's gonna fight Moses is gonna stand on the top of the hill and you know what Moses believed the same thing we believe or we should believe each person should do their own work if I'm gonna go out and preach then maybe you're gonna pray if you're going to go out and hand out tracts tomorrow night, maybe I'm going to stay home and fast. If some youth are going to be going out doing something, uh, youth activity or something, at a camp meeting, maybe maybe the saints need to pray, pray and fast about that. If somebody's going to vacuum the church house, someone's going to have to clean out the parking lot. If someone's going to clean out the parking lot, somebody's got to do the toilets. If somebody's going to do the toilet, somebody's got to get food prepared someone's going to get food prepared, someone's going to have to preach. someone's going to have to preach, someone's going to have to pray. Somebody's going to have to pray, someone's going to have to lead music. Somebody's going to lead music, someone's going to play the piano. someone's going to play the piano, somebody's going to have to sit there and lift the hymnal and sing. You know what Moses believed? You stay in your lane, I'll stay in my lane. <laughs> now look, maybe there's some crossover in that. I'm not trying to be dogmatic in things, but I think we get the point. Everybody had a job to do. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Look at verse number nine again. Tomorrow I will stand on top of the hill. What's he standing with? The rod of God. What are you going out with? The sword of the Spirit. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. You better go out with that. In your heart, in your hand. That's what you get divine help with. Bible says, Let us therefore come boldly into the throne of grace. We may obtain mercy and find grace health in time of what? Do you have some needs in your life? Maybe you need to pick up the rod of God. Not Moses' rod. I'm talking about the sword of the Spirit. The word of God. You put it down. I like to preach with the Bible. I like to sing with the hymn I like to open air preach with the Bible, even if I just have it in my hand. I don't want to go out without my rod. I don't want to go out without my sword. I don't want to go out with what God said. Hey, look, it's a reminder. If nothing else, it's a reminder. You say, I got the verses memorized. It's a reminder. It's a reminder. We got the, the RC Cola Moonshine Festival in Bellbuckle last Saturday. It was just going to be a family day. And we said, man, it'd be a great time to do some evangelism. By the time we parked, by the time we get out there, I realized I forgot my Bible. I forgot my Bible. And I uh, cried aloud, looked my voice, and didn't feel right because I didn't have the book. It didn't have the sword of the Spirit. Well, I'm not saying anybody's sinning. If they don't do that, all I'm saying is I feel like I should have it. And I feel like you should have it daily, opening it, reading it, trusting it. Have it in your car. Have one on your uh, on your bureau at night. Have one on your phone. Just <laughs> hold you your phone up, you know, when you're preaching. What are you doing? Oh, well, I got an app right here. Have it on a T-shirt. Have it. On, I mean, just have. You got to have the Word of God. And Moses didn't go up there without the rod of God. So praise the Lord; he's getting help on a hill. And I'm telling you, there's some of the mightiest men in the Bible, all the mightiest men in the Bible dependent on others. And a lot of times, the downfall of Christians and a lot of times the downfall of preachers is that they've stopped depending on the help of others. And so they fall. When we were in Bellbuckle, there was a one man band, they were pretty cool at custom. You know, he's got the kazoo, he's got the harmonica, he's got the seat, he's got something with his You know, he makes all these different noises, and it's it's a really neat festival-type thing. It's a one-man show. and when he's ready, he just zips up his bag, folds up the stool, and goes on. Look, that's not the church. It's not a one-man show. Moses got it right. He rejoiced in celebrating the dependency on others. I'm depending on you. Well, you're the preacher. Well, I'm dependent on you. You should depend on each other. Now, each man had look, we still get the point. Each man has his job. Each lady has her job. It shouldn't be enabling. There's a difference. I think we understand that. But Moses understood. And I want us to as well. But he got some help on a hill, and it wasn't Capitol Hill. I'm telling you, Christian. <laughs> Christians have an intercessor up on high, uh, up up on a hill, if you would, up on a heavenly place, if you will. We're called to fight. We better choose some men. We better pray with those men. Ladies, get out in the fight. Choose some ladies. Pray with those ladies. Fast with those ladies. We need it. There's a group of ladies that are sending church. You know, they'd get together and there'd be a, a corner they'd go to and they'd have they'd bring their signs out in their tracks and the ladies went out and you know, that's a good thing. That's a good thing. We need to depend on each other. We need to get out there and do the Lord's work. The Bible says in First Timothy 2, I will therefore that men pray everywhere, lifting up holy hands without wrath or doubting. Now it's a New Testament verse. Moses is going to get some help. Moses is going to get some help. Watch what it says. Verse number 12. Back up to verse 11. And it came to pass when Moses held up his hand. Do you think he held it up with wrath or doubting? I don't think so. You know what's going to happen after you have your hand up for a while? It's going to get tired. And you and I can run on our own strength for some time. We can kind of think we're getting somewhere until we get tired. You know, that's a picture of fasting. You can run. You get good nutrition on your body, you can go for some good time. You start fasting, you know what happens. You get weak. You need somebody to hold you up. Who's that going to be? The Lord. He can do more spiritual health in your life and mine if we make it a point to pray and fast. Moses, in verse number 11, and when he let down his hand, Amalek prevailed. But Moses' hands were heavy. They took a stone and put it under him. And he sat there on. And Aaron and Hur stayed up his hands. The one on the one side and the other on the other side. And his hands were steady until the going down of the sun. And Joshua comforted, discomforted rather, (laughs) Amalek and his people with the edge of the sword. And you know what we're going to be discomforting people with? The sword. The two-edged sword. The one that's sharper than any other sword. But we're going to need some help. And so Christ is our intercessor. He prays above us. We are working for him. He is interceding and praying above us. He's doing that continually. And as we think that we are being unsuccessful because we're trying to run on our own steam. His intercession is always successful you don't have to worry about failure on the lord's part you try to start your car it works until it doesn't work and then you start it don't work you can't trust it it's not a continual successful thing all the time that is not true with god his intercession above us the starter doesn't go bad it is continually successful go to hebrews 12 Bible says in verse number two, looking unto Fox News. Oh, no, doesn't say that. (laughs) Looking unto Alex Jones. That's not in the text either. Looking unto Jesus. We get distracted by looking unto other things. I understand we got to stay abrupt on what's going on in the world. But how much? How much do we actually need to know? I thought we're supposed to be simple concerning And we need to keep our eyes more on Jesus than we do on whatever the news outlets are putting out. Guys, they're all liars. All the news outlets are liars. They're giving you their take on it. And you might agree with a little spin of one take as they got something spinning in the back that's a lie. But I can look unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him, endured the cross, despising the shame, And it's set down at the right hand of the throne of God. I want to live a holy life. Probably don't look at the Hollywood music videos and movies. Look under Jesus. That's the problem. I just want to live a holy life. Well, what are you looking at? What are you listening to? What are you thinking? I want to have holy thought. Yeah, but you've been looking at junk all week, and now you're trying to get your mind. Look, you're going to have to come off. It's called um, detox. And you're going to have to start looking unto the Jesus. I want to just be more long suffering. I want to be more, I want to have more perseverance. I want to be able to go on. You got to look on Jesus. Because he is the he's, the he's the example of one's. He's the example. He's the example. Look at Colossians chapter three. Colossians chapter number three. Look at verse one. Uh, If you then, verse 1, be risen with Christ. Are you saved this morning? Are you risen with Christ? Stop acting downtrodden. Stop living in defeat. You are risen with him. Seek those things which are above. That is Christ. He's in the heavenly places. He's on high. That's where our affections should be set. Why? Because God sitteth on the right hand. It could be because Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. We're so distracted with trivial worldly trinkets. We have to get our eyes up. Christ is up in the heavenly places. Our affections should be where his affections are. It will enable us to do the work that he has for us down here. He doesn't want us to be connected to down here. He wants us to work for him down here. We're in the business of saving souls. Yet a check came in from out of town. Checked the mail and I opened the mail. And so that's all I knew it was a check. But in the memo, it said it's for Pilgrim Baptist Church and a donation. And in the memo, it said for saving souls. Hallelujah. Now that really makes, that makes my day. Why? Because we have a job to do down here. And you know what we need to do it, Jamin? Some mammon. Some money. Some mula. As they say in Italy, dinero. As they say in Mexico, pesos. As they say down south, what do they say down south? Is there a word? You picking up what God's putting down? We need we need to get into the business of saving souls. We invest earthly treasures, our money, because our affections are set on heaven treasures and rewards. And we're going to talk more about that tonight, uh, this afternoon at two, as we talk get some lessons from Jeremiah. But Christ, get your affections set on things above. You don't have to turn back there, but I'll just give you some concluding thoughts on Exodus uh, 17. It pictures the Lord's intercession on behalf of his people. Moses didn't win because of Moses. Moses didn't win because of Joshua. Moses didn't win because of her. Moses won because of the Lord. Why are you going to win? Because of the Lord. We got to do what we did yesterday at the camp meeting. Two claps. Let me hear you. Two claps. Come on, two claps and an amen. Amen. We'll try it again. Two claps. Two claps. Amen. All right. Now we're at it. Our victory is won. And now we need to realize that the victories are going to be won down here, going to be the same way that they're going to be won the same way through Christ. We can't we can't lose um, sight of that. Moses didn't. And so we don't have to worry about our hands getting heavy because the Lord, we have Christ as our intercessor. Above us. He's going to lift us up. He's on the high mountain. The Lord will lift them up. Because he ever liveth to make intercession. It's God's elect, us, who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect. Because if somebody could, you'd get depressed and not want to work for him. Because you've all you're, got all this guilt. You don't have any guilt. Sin's been forgiven. Who can lay anything to the charge of God's elect? Nobody. So it's the elect warring down here on earth. And Jesus Christ, the elect, interceding for us above us in the heavenly places as we set our as we're down here, setting our affections on eternal things. And that's the picture. And it's a beautiful Old Testament. Story, his story, it's true. And uh, someone ever says to you, oh, you just go to hell. You just tell him I can't. <laughs> you give him a track You try to talk. Oh, you go to hell. Sorry, can't it's impossible it won't happen why don't I'll tell them about this you can't you can't go to hell it's impossible if you've trusted Christ all right let's go back one more verse and we'll close it out Romans 8 close out Romans 8 verse 30 The Bible says, who is he that condemneth? We're going to look at a fourfold uh, that God gives. It's a fourfold protection against anybody that would try to condemn. And watch what it is. It is Christ that died. Now, this is the protection in Christ as his elect. You might say to yourself tomorrow morning when you think about your life. Well, I have some offenses. And you talk your flesh as a saved, born-again child of God. Your flesh will talk yourself out of serving God. Because you might wake up tomorrow morning and say, well, I've got some offenses. My life isn't what it should be. Read this verse. Who is he that condemneth? Well, if it's you, read this verse. It is Christ that died. Did Christ die for you? Did he die for your sins? Did he die for your offenses? Then get to work. You can't bring a charge against yourself. You can't condemn yourself. You're in Christ. The second charge is this. I just need life. I just feel like I just don't have. I just need to get a life. Watch. Yea, rather, that is risen again. Christ is risen. You have life. For when we were yet enemies. We were reconciled to God by the death of the Son. Much more being reconciled, we shall be saved by what? His life. You don't need a crucifix with the dead Jesus on. He's risen. He's given you life. People say to you, if somebody says to you, well, why don't you just go get a life? Why don't you get a life? Don't you got anything better to do with your life? Get a life. Oh, I've got a life. Eternal life. You want to know about it? You've got a lot. Third charge. I just feel so ashamed. I just feel so. Like no one's there for me. I just feel like I don't have a sidekick. I, don't, I just feel like I don't have somebody to back me up. That's the third charge. That either your flesh brings upon you. Or somebody else might bring upon you. And you know what Romans 8.34 has? The answer. This is the protection found. For God's elect saints. You know what he says? Who is even at the right hand of God. Who also maketh intercession. For us. You need somebody to represent you. Guess who you got. There's somebody on the right hand of God. That's representing you. You got the best legal defense in the world. I just need somebody to represent me. You've got. The Lord Jesus Christ. At the right hand of God. People say oh, I need an advocate. You've got. Christ ever lived to make intercession. You have an advocate with the Father, and His name is above all names. We went through a good bit of them earlier, didn't we? Name is Jesus Christ, the righteous. No better person. Thank you for listening to the podcast ministry of Pilgrim Baptist Church. We look forward to seeing you in the next episode. In the meantime, you can sign up for our email newsletter at www.pilgrimbaptistchurch.